Welcome. Here at The Bridge Church, we exist to help you connect to God, grow with family, and serve our city. We hope today's message will allow you to grow deeper in your connection to God. Enjoy the message. Could we uh, just give it up for all the moms today, amen? Uh, for, for all the mothers that are here and, and for all the women that are here as well, I'd like to just take a second to pray over, would, pray over you if you'd let me, okay? Father, I just thank you for our moms that are here. Um, these words aren't enough. This video isn't enough, God. I pray that um, mothers feel appreciated, God. Um, so easy to forget what's been done for us. And so, God, I just pray that um, mothers really do feel uh, appreciated, noticed, and encouraged. I do pray for the women in our midst, God. I pray for the woman that's been longing to be a mom. And yet, God's hand has just not moved yet. I pray for the women that are longing to be married. I pray for the women that are in the midst of tough marriages. I pray for the women that have kids that really aren't responding to them the way they long to. I pray for the mom that has been up night after night after night longing for her kids to respond to her. And I pray for the women that simply just don't feel close to you, God. And I ask that today, when we leave this place, though they are mothers, I pray they feel fathered. I I pray they feel the protective hand of God in their life. I pray they feel your presence, your warmth, your power, your protection, your provision. And we ask all this in Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Well, it's powerful. Um, It's powerful to be able to think of mothers. But when we do this, and I mentioned this in my prayer, Whenever I do a Mother's Day, I really do think about just talking about women in general. Um, When my wife and I, we got married in 2003, we longed to be parents. And for years, we just weren't able to have children. And so I think today should be a celebration of moms. But I also think this is a moment to recognize women. Women in general for what they've done in our society and what they mean to our church and what they mean in the community. When God made man, he made him with his own unique abilities. And yet, it says from man, woman was made. It says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 22. It says, the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. Notice what it says about where the woman was made. The woman was not made from the man's head as if she were over top of him. The woman was not made from the man's leg or ankle as if she was beneath him. But the woman was made for, from his rib, showing a side-by-side relationship, showing equality. But because woman was made second, our culture, our country has tended to treat women as second-class citizens. Wherever there is oppression and marginalization 
in this country, you can believe, and in this world, you can believe a woman is being oppressed more. Whether it is Roman society or today, women are fighting just to be treated as equals. It is clear that women on average go to college far more than men. Women on average are far more equipped for the work, workforce. And yet, women consistently have a gender gap when it comes to wages. It is consistent in our culture and society that women are shamed because of their bodies, having to live up to a particular style and look. And yet, when you add the fact that they are mothers, this becomes even weightier. Many moms are highly educated yet underpaid. Many mothers don't get enough sleep. We, we, we experienced that the other night, my wife and I. I. I don't have time to go into that, but that was just a trip. <laughs> Studies show that if the truth be told, most women are the real decision makers of their home. That if you were to look, if you were to look at just the, the, the brass tacks of it, when you look at this, the daily life in, life out decisions, women are making in some total more decisions than men when it comes to their homes. And yet, one study showed when asked, when women were asked, what's one thing you want more of? Didn't say more money, didn't say more power. Most women said, I would just like to get time to myself. Mothers, in particular, it was studied. A mom is taking on so much weight, so much responsibility, and a mother is the embodiment of I do not live for myself because she is constantly thinking of others. And so when we see in Genesis God creating woman, something powerful happens after it. It says in Genesis 2 and 23, it says, after man had been made and then woman is made, the woman is brought over to the man. And it reads this, the man said to her, this is the first thing the woman ever hears. He says, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. Now, it, there's a couple things that are very powerful and important to that. When he says she shall be called woman, he is making a play off his own name because he is man, and that means in Hebrew, ish. And she said, he says, you will be woman, and that is isha. And so he was making a play off his own name. I'm ish, you're isha. So he was actually making it the imagery of you compliment me. You ever see couples that dress alike? You ever see those couples? No, I'm not saying they're corny. I'm not saying that's what you do. Praise God. I don't like it. But you know when you go to the mall and you're in like Adidas sweatsuits together, like, oh. But you've seen that. You've seen that? Right? And, and what they want to tell the world is we go together. We go together, right? And this man, what he did was he created poetry to say you compliment me. My name's Ish, I'ma call you Isha. 
you're like me and you are my flesh and my bones. And this is the most important thing I want you just to hear from this. The first thing a woman ever heard was poetry of praise. That's why you can guarantee men, if you write your wife a poem, <laughs> it's guaranteed to work. Is this even, some of y'all didn't even know this was poetry. It's like bone in my bone, flesh in my flesh. She's like, you just run past in the scripture. But it was probably powerful to her. It was the first thing she ever heard. But it was praise. The first thing a woman ever heard was praise. And I believe that there are so many women today that are overly burdened with the home, are burdened at work, or burdened with kids, and burdened with husbands. And I believe that what will cut through many of those burdens and much of that weight is being praised for the small things. Being acknowledged for the small things. This is probably one of the hardest things for me to do as a husband, is to remind myself of the small things. You know, I've noticed as a man that we generally critique, we generally praise with in, in like in generalities, but we give a specific critique. <laughs> you know, like I'll come home and I'll be like, baby, this food is good. Yummy. <laughs> but if my wife and I are like if she had frustrated me, I'd be like, no, see, the problem is this, and I've got like five points ready to roll. And it's amazing how specific I can be. And I can overlook the things she does for me every day, the basic things she does for me, the things that are really holding up our family and honestly holding up our lives. My wife, when I come home, she'll, um, you know, she'll have her headphones on and she'll be having a quiet time and I'll, I'll see her and she'll be, she'll be connecting to the Lord and, and it's powerful. And I appreciate that. But I wonder, and I thought to myself, when was the last time I acknowledged and gave some kind of praise to my wife just for the fact that she loves God? Watch this. I mean, we're going to talk a little bit through the Proverbs, but I want you to hear the, the heartbeat of what I want to say today in Proverbs 31 and 30. Proverbs 31 and 30. It says, charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be what? Praised. Here's what this text is saying. When men and even women see a beautiful woman or you see a woman that's charming, you know what the text is essentially saying? You naturally praise that. You naturally observe it and acknowledge it. And yet what it's saying is there is a command here we ought to praise women for having a fear and reverence of God. Amen. 
And I don't mean this just for men. I'm saying this for women. We have to be careful who we look up to. I mean, you know, I was, I was, uh, I was, as I was studying this, I was, I was out eating and, you know, there was a girl who came over to the table and, and some guys were there and, you know, and, and the guy was like, yo, she's bad. She's, yo, she's bad, yo. She comes over and, you know, she, she came over to the table and she was kind of witty, right? And his friend, the friends were like, yo, she's, yo, I'm gonna talk to her, I'm gonna talk to her. And they had all this, you know, they got all this excitement. And I was like, that's what it is. And I mean, I'm studying this and I'm like, yo, that's what it is. When you see a woman and her figure is all this, guys get, it, get excited. That's another analogy another day. But they get, they get excited, right? But I think that for women, when you see a woman that's charming, she's witty, she's eloquent, she's sharp, she's confident, women are like, yeah, look at how powerful she is. So men look at beauty and women look at charm, but who's looking at the fear of the Lord? And that's what, that's what the text is saying. Charm and beauty. Beauty is vain. It, it comes and it goes. Charming, that can be deceitful. You don't know who they really are. But the fear of the Lord, these are the women. And what does it say we need to do? Praise them. Praise them. Acknowledge them. Watch, observe, and tell them, I appreciate who you are. The fear of the Lord. Proverbs 9 and 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, knowledge, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. What are you impressed by? Who are the women? Now, I say this to single men. I say this to fathers. I say this to women. What kind of woman impresses you? says, a woman who truly fears God. When the Bible says fear of the Lord, it's not talking about wanting to run away from God. In fact, it's talking wanting to run to God. It's saying that I feel protected in your arms and I am in awe of you. A woman who is in awe of God, a woman who is blown away by his power and his majesty a woman who is comforted in his strength, and a woman who will not let anything compromise her love for God. And he's saying that's the kind of woman that we should be praising. That's the kind of woman we should be looking to because we see, because where there is fear and awe of God, there will be humility and brokenness and contrition because you see the magnitude and the majesty of God and you see it in the way that she lives her life. Why am I saying this not just to men? Women, be careful who you honor. Be careful who you lift up. Be careful who you want to be like. The fear of the Lord should be, and what he says is praised. It's not enough just to see it, but we have to praise these women. Our women, our women, our women in this church. I, 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 ne I never want a woman in this church to have to envy a woman who is in the flesh or envy a woman of the world. I never want that to happen. So what we have to do is 
We have to look at the simple love of God and the simplicity of the gospel and notice when women are consistent in loving God and coming back to him. But it is not only healthy for our women, it's healthy for us. It says, uh, C.S. Lewis, C.S. Lewis said about praise, he said, a joy, isn't fully enjo- a joy isn't fully enjoyed until it comes to the expression in praise. You haven't reached the full, you know why? You know why you, it's, it's amazing. A lot of things came, became clear to me when I read that. The reason why that is, because joy was never intended to be an individual thing. Joy was always meant to be shared. That's why we go to concerts. And that's why we go to clubs. And that's why we come to church. Because when you listen to whoever you listen to, it's amazing. But then when you can recite back their lyrics or their songs in front of a bunch of people, it's communal joy. It's something that's celebratory and you feel it and it's powerful. And when you sing a song of worship alone and in your room and connected to God, it's powerful. But when you do it together, there's something connected, something shared, something gets ignited. When you tell a woman how beautiful she is simply by loving God, she shares some power with you. There's a connection she has with you. And what I'm trying to tell you is it is not enough to keep it here. You must share it in order for that joy to be experienced together. The other day, I was telling my wife how much I appreciated her. And I was just telling her, I said, you know, honey, I was reading through this Proverbs 31, and and here's the thing. Proverbs 31 was never really intended to be accomplished by one woman. Proverbs 31 is really an acknowledgement of praise for women, but sweetheart, if you were thinking this is a job description for you, I want you to calm down. (laughs) This woman is doing a lot. She working, she she up in the middle of the night making sandwiches and stuff. Chill, (laughs) you do not. I know you're a Proverbs 31 woman in concept, but don't feel like it's your job description, okay? But I was reading through it, and I said, you know, honey, as I read through these, you're dynamic. You you are dynamic because you are able to do so many different things, and I don't notice it. But I want you to know, I just want you to hear me say it. And, And what did my wife do? Cool. No, she was like, Aw, that happened. <laughs> That's the, that thing right there. That's, but what, what happens is, what happens is, is that we just connected on something that she, she, she feels this every day. And I see it every day, but I don't say something every day. And, I, and I, I have to get better as a husband of acknowledging these things. But, but what, I'm, what I'm acknowledging even to myself is when she said that, when she felt that, it was powerful. She needs it, but I need it too. I have to realize who God has blessed me with. Praise is healthy for us, church. It's healthy for us. It's healthy for us to praise our women that God has given us. In Proverbs 31, there are a litany of things. I won't go through each one of them, but I think it's important that you pause and see 
some of the things that it says of, of women and what, what this Proverbs 31 woman was doing. Proverbs 31 and, and 15, it says, she rises also while it's still night and gives food to her household and portions to her maidens. Now, I don't know, how, I know a few of you have maidens at your house. <laughs> this doesn't apply. But what it's, what it's saying is, is that she rises in the middle of the night to make food. Now, my mother never did that. My mom didn't get up at 2 a.m. and make sandwiches. My mom was a working mom. My mom got up at 5.30 to get ready for the day. And we lived in an area where she had to work and my dad had to work. And what I had, I don't know if you had, a, I had lunch tickets. Anybody have lunch tickets? I had lunch, does anybody have lunch tickets? You know what I'm saying? Okay, work with me. And so we had a lunch, we had a lunch ticket and my mom would give me my lunch ticket every day and that food was nasty. But I had, I remember I had my lunch ticket every day. And so here's what I realized. My mom would, she would get up, she'd have us go on our way, she'd come home late, take her feet off, take her shoes off. And I remember she, not her feet. <laughs> that would be amazing. I'm like, my mom is amazing. She would take her shoes off. And I remember she would sit back on the couch and she'd be exhausted and we would talk some. And, and then she would make dinner. And when she would make dinner, she would fight hard for all of us to be at the table. And what this text is talking about is not just when a woman stays up late at night. What this is talking about is how a mom has to work overtime. Because when she was done with work, she still had work. She would come home, she would cook, and she would make sure everyone was sitting at the table. And then she would be like, Oprah, she'd make sure, she'd have like, how was your day? And she's like interviewing everybody to see how everybody's doing. <laughs> and a mom extends herself and extends her time. And that's the way a mom is naturally woven. She wants to make sure everyone's doing okay. And men aren't like that. <laughs> They're not. Dudes aren't like that. I come home, I'm trying to be by myself. I'm trying to like, you know, my kids, my kids are asking me basic things like, how was your day? I'm like, leave me alone right now. <laughs> oh my God, what's wrong with you? Right? And so we're just different. And so what it's, what it's saying is, but this is the amazing thing about the text. It's saying that it's, she does it at night. And so there's a good chance her kids never see the work she does. And maybe there's a good chance you don't remember the things your mom did for you, the unseen things. See, now when you become, a, when, you know, I became a parent, I was like, wow, this is, and, and my wife doesn't work now. She did before. My wife doesn't work. My mom would have worked, then cooked, then had all that. And it was just a lot of responsibility she had. But she saw it as her duty as a mother. And that should be praised. Verses 13 and 14, it says, she looks for wool and flax and works with her hands in delight. She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. Now notice what it says. It, she looks for wool. She's taking her time out there working. And then it says she brings her food from afar like the merchant ships. And so what it gets at is this idea of commuting and going far to get her work done. 
And I think about many of our women who, they take their long commute to work. I never understood why my mom put on sneakers. I was like, why are you putting on sneakers? I was like, I guess that's cute. And then I got old, I was like, oh, she's walking. She's walking to a train. Oh, her feet, oh, that's why her feet are okay. And just the, the daily, and see, so, so what, what it would happen for a lot of our women, they're competing at work, they're getting on their commute, they're coming home, and then they're dealing with kids, and there is an extra burden they have. There is an extra burden they have of working throughout the day. And then it says in verse 20, it says she extends her hand to the poor, and she stretches out her hand to the needy. This has been my experience, and I don't have any empirical data. My wife is just more benevolent than I am. Bottom line. I remember one time, I think my wife will remember this, we were on our way somewhere, we were in Manhattan, and you know, you're just on the move, you're just on the move, and a dude asked us for a dollar. And I was just, I, I had my uh, statement down, like, you know, we normally don't get money, but we'll take you someplace to eat and all. And before I got done with the state, my wife's getting him something to eat and all that. And I'm, and I'm mad. I am mad. I'm a pastor. I'm mad that we're getting a dude something to eat. And so here she is. She's getting him food and then getting him some coffee. And then they're coming back. And he's like, thank you so much. And I'm like, peace. And I'm like, you know, I'm bringing my wife somewhere. And I'm like, so what, what was that about? She was like, I just noticed him. And I just thought he was hungry. And I have noticed this, that my wife could have said, I want to protect myself from you. But my wife protected him and took care of him. And I believe our world would be a different place if we didn't have big-hearted women who care for the poor. Because I believe women have a natural tendency to care for the needy and care for the hurting. And then it says in verse 17, she girds herself, she girds herself up with strength and makes her arm strong. You know, maybe she had a workout plan. I'm not really sure what was, but she was working out. My wife's been working out every day. She lost five pounds last month, praise God. I have no other application to that text. All right. But <laughs> verse 25 and 26, here's, 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 what I, here's what I want you guys to walk away with. Be careful the kind of woman you honor. We're called to honor our mothers. Be careful about the kind of woman you look up to. Verse 25, strength. What's strength? Strength and dignity are her clothing. When you see her, you think, now that's a strong woman. That's a dignified woman. Look at the way that she keeps herself. Look at the way that she responds to people. Strength and dignity are her clothing. The way that she's seen and noticed. And she smiles at the future. She doesn't get anxious about tomorrow, but she's confident in her God. But here's how this strong woman can be understood. She opens her mouth in wisdom 
and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. The kind of strong woman this is, the kind of women we are to praise, are women of character. Women, not that they can just teach wisdom, but when they teach wisdom, they teach kindness. And kindness is the ability to be able to make people feel close to you and to make people feel valuable. When you say that we're kindred spirits, it's this idea that we have this familial element, that they're family. And when this woman teaches, she teaches in such a way where she makes everyone feel like they have 100% over top of their heads. The teaching of kindness. This is what you see in every family. Mom is generally the referee, keeping everybody together, making sure people aren't wilding out in the home. This is what my wife has to do every day, making sure that we're together. But sometimes we believe strength and confidence is just the ability to put words together and sound bold. But what this says is it's not just confidence and it's not just the kind of strength where you have intellect or you have the ability to answer people quickly. What this says is you're the kind of woman that people can get close to. And you're the kind of woman that you make peace in a room. You're the kind of woman that when there's someone who's falling behind, you make sure everyone can be, they, they can get up to speed with everyone else. It's a kind teaching. And you're a kind woman. The scripture goes on. In Proverbs 31, 28, and 29. So what is the outcome of this kind of woman and of this kind of teaching? It says in Proverbs 31, 28, and 29. Her children rise up and bless her. Her husband also, he praises her saying, many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Well, this says that, I think it's saying that when the kids wake up, they say, mom, we bless you. I haven't seen that in my life. <laughs> and I haven't seen my kids do that yet. But what it is saying, saying to us, and I know we have a young crowd, so let me just give a commercial break here. One of the things it's saying is that the children make a practice of blessing their mom, encouraging their mom, speaking into their mom's life. And I tell you right now, if you have not called your mama today, or you have not been with your mom, or if you have not acknowledged what she does, the text is commanding, I, I encourage you from the word of God, to call your mama and tell her how much you love her, appreciate her, and how much she has done for you. But this goes on, and I just wanna say a word for the husbands. Her husband also praises her, saying, many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. My wife and I have been through very, very hard times together. Um, Life has been 
really difficult. And there have been days when we have just been um, beyond our ability to know what to do next. No energy. And life, honestly, has been where we weren't really sure where we were going to go next. And I'll never forget when my wife and I, we were, uh, we were in Texas. <laughs> and I remember we had music on, and it, it was, the song we were singing was, Say the Name of Jesus. When you don't know what else to say, say the name of Jesus. We had $100 in our account. And I remember we were rocking and swaying, and we were singing that song, Say the Name of Jesus. And we just sang and sang and sang and sang. And I remember moving up here to the city. And I remember how lonely I was at times and how much my wife encouraged me. And I remember when we had two people in Bible study and I didn't know what to do. And my wife was always there. And I, I remember we had our, our, only our kids were the daycare like, and she was back there, like, back there with the kids, like, if anybody needs daycare, ain't nobody need daycare except our kids. And yet she was always so encouraging. But do you know one of the craziest things about my wife and about women in general? My, I cannot think of one time in our 14 years of marriage where my wife has brought my name down publicly. Amen. I honestly cannot. I can't think of one time. I know for certain that my wife is 100% for me. I know for certain. I, you, I, I don't even care what y'all say. I, even if you said, yo, your wife is talking about me, I'd be like, you're lying. My wife is not talking about me. I have so much evidence, so much proof. And so, and there have been times when I have said stuff that is absolutely crazy, it sounded funny at the time, but it was crazy. And my wife just, she, was, she had this, I think we have a picture. We have a picture up there. We don't have a picture. Then we don't have a picture. But we did have a picture, and that was the next thing I was going to say. So I don't know what to say right now. <laughs> next time, tell me we don't have it, praise God. But, I, but the, what I was going to show you was this picture of, of her protecting me. My wife in this picture, it was showing her smiling and it was showing me looking crazy. My wife has always had words that protected me, never brought me down. And this is what the Proverbs say. It says in Proverbs 12 and 4, an excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who brings shame is like rottenness in his bones. And so the imagery there is that my wife is my crown and I wear her proudly. And the reason why I wear my wife proudly is because of what she says about me publicly and privately. And the Teaching of kindness is on my wife's tongue. Women, women, here's what I want to encourage you. One, I want to praise you for the things that men do not notice. I want to encourage you 
that you live in a world that will marginalize you and oppress you and make you feel like you are second class, but I want you to feel in this church that you have equal value and equal worth, and I want you to be praised for the little things that men don't notice. But I also want you to know, I want you to be careful about the kind of woman you look up to. I want you to look up to women, and I want us to look up to women, not just the ones that are beautiful, and not just the ones that are charming, but the ones that do simple things like love their husbands. They do simple things like take care of one kid and two kids. They do simple things like come to church and just praise God, and they may not have a great job, and they may not have a banging resume, and they may not have the right clothes, and they may not have the right makeup, and they may not have the big job. They may not have all those things that are charming and beautiful, but they fear the Lord. And the Bible is telling us that's the kind of woman we should praise. And I want to encourage you men that are getting caught up looking at the wrong type of woman because they look so right. And I want to encourage you, be careful of the kind of woman you pursue. Pursue a woman that loves God, that cares about God, that loves him no matter what. Because though my wife is beautiful, when we are in conflict, everybody looks ugly. And so I want you to know beauty, beauty, it says, is vain. It comes and it goes. So I want you to praise the women that fear God, that love God. And the Bible is telling us we will overlook it. And so women, don't just pursue women that look the part and sound the part. Pursue women that simply love God. And men, if you are single, do not simply honor the woman whose figure captures your eye and whose wit compels you, but be captured by a woman who worships God. That is to be praised. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. We'd love to hear how God used this sermon to speak to you. Please take a minute to email us your story. Our email address is info at bridgechurchnyc.com. And you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by using at bridgechurchnyc or visit our website, bridgechurchnyc.com. Thanks again for listening to this week's message.